You spent the last little over a year in a 24-foot Winnebago RV? Correct. So do you all still <laughs> like each other? Uh, <laughs> most, most days. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by Heartland Advocacy in Action, a three-day event coming in February to help you become a more effective advocate with state and local government. It will be held at First Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Missouri, February 8 to 10, 2020. It's a partnership event between CBF Global, CBF Heartland, ChurchNet, and Word and Way. The event will include practical training on how you can become a more effective advocate at both the local and state levels. And we'll be focusing a lot on issues like payday lending and church-state separation. It only costs $50, and that registration fee includes a copy of David Gushy's book, Moral Leadership for a Divided Age. Learn more at tinyurl.com slash heartlandadvocacy. And then join us February 8 to 10 at First Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Missouri. That's tinyurl.com slash heartlandadvocacy. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Trinis and Pam Henderson, their national correspondents for the Women's Missionary Union of the Southern Baptist Convention. And in this role, they've been traveling around the country in their RV, to tell stories of what's happening Baptist churches across the country. They've been writing stories, they've been taking pictures, they've been shooting video, and they've been creating some really fantastic work. You can see some of their stories on our website at wordandway.org, as well as in our magazine. So I was excited when Trinis and Pam stopped by the Word and Way offices so we could have this conversation, talk more about their work and their ministry, particularly because Trinis used to work for Word and Way, and that's the first thing that I'll ask him about during the conversation. And then after the interview, it was fun to go get a tour of their RV. It didn't take long. So here's my conversation with Trinis and Pam Henderson of the WMU. Well, Trinis and Pam, thanks for joining us on the program. Glad to be with you. Or as as you're also known as Trin Pam Communications. We are. You got your celebrity couple name there. Right. Bradgelina. <laughs> we got Trin Pam today. So... Well, I want to start with, we're going to talk in a moment about what you all are doing with WMU, but I actually want to start, Trinis, with a question for you, because some of our longtime readers of Word and Way might recognize your name. You were with Word and Way for a decade, right? 1982 to 1992, and you were a managing editor there for part of that under Bob Terry, and we've had Bob on the program several months ago. So I wanted to just kind of first ask you about your time at Word and Way, if you could reminisce a little bit. Certainly. Well, going back even a little further, while I was in college, I began to sense a call to to ministry that really was expressed through Christian communications. So I ended up going to seminary to add theological training to my journalism background and interest, had worked on a county seat newspaper starting out between college and seminary. And as I was uh, finishing up at Southern in the early 80s, Bob Terry had an opening for, at that time, associate managing editor and then moving up to managing editor. So at age uh, 23, 
Bob gave me the opportunity to come on board. And uh, it really was just a decade of, of learning and growing and ministry. Missouri is my home state. I grew up in the Boot Hill in Portageville. So the opportunity to, in a sense, come back home, to invest in Missouri Baptist, to really learn the, the trade and the ministry of Word and Way. And uh, with that, we've been able to come full circle. I just spoke last fall at Bob's retirement where he'd served for 20 plus years with the Alabama Baptist also. So really with the State Baptist Papers, it has been a, a fraternity, a brotherhood, a very close knit with colleagues and coworkers. And it's just been a privilege to serve in that way. Yeah, and after you were at Word and Way, you went to the Arkansas paper and as editor and then the, in Kentucky as editor yes. as well. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, clearly you spent your career and then you were also at Wachita Baptist University in Arkansas doing communications there. So you've spent right. your career particularly in Baptist journalism. Yes. Why? Why do you think what, what's so important about Baptist journalism? Why is this something that you've you've dedicated your life? For? Certainly. Well, I grew up in a Baptist deacon's home, grew up with RAs and vacation Bible school and Sunday school. So I was a product of Baptist from the very beginning. Pam came from a Methodist background, and we've just merged all that over the years, been able to minister and to serve together. But uh, just the the Baptist ministry, theology, cooperative program, all those historical things about Baptist always resonated with me. And then it was a matter of using that expression of Christian ministry, uh, my sense of calling to ministry and how that would be used. So it's just really been that opportunity to say these are stories that that need to be told, whether it's uh, news, feature, interpretive, investigative at some point, just seeking to uh, share the truth with folks, seeking to be accurate, balanced, comprehensive has been some of our watchwords over the years. So it's been a, a great ministry and a great privilege. Pam, I want to bring you into the conversation. I know that you've, a lot of your ministry has been with preschool yes. and ministry in various contexts at churches and so forth. I wonder if you could share a little bit about your background that has led to what you all are doing now. Sure. Well, it, the preschool aspect actually started in Jefferson City at First Baptist Church. And I, between jobs and psychology, there was an opening. And so I became a teacher of the threes and worked here for about almost three years. Did other things, eventually became a stay-at-home mom, then uh, became a director of a preschool in a church and for seven years, and then another seven was asked to start a preschool at a church in Arkansas. So with that, especially that last church, took a lot of photos, videos, and the marketing. And so as I would bring photos home, Trinis would talk about ah, background, you know, <laughs> and give me tips. And so learned more about photos. So when this gig started, that what we're doing now, it just seemed natural that obviously he would write the stories, but we needed the photos and videos. And so I learned more and more, especially about the equipment that we had a very generous donor give us beautiful camera, video and drum. And that's helped us. 
let's talk about this gig then. It's all right. So you are roving correspondence. I know it's like your official title. Right, right. Yeah. With the WMU. And so what exactly are you doing for those that haven't seen some of the work that you've been doing over the past year? Sure. Well, after 35 years in Christian journalism and communications and Pam with her background preschool, which meant a lot of administrative and organizational skills that she brought to the team, we just began to feel a restlessness and a sense of moving, as, and as we call it, kind of one, one more gig, one more ministry opportunity, and we wanted to do it a little bit differently. And as we were exploring that, Pam asked me one day, what would you be doing if you could do anything you wanted to? And I said, you know, I would really love to just get back to the foundational basics of why I got into Christian journalism in the first place. And that's telling those hopefully compelling stories of missions and ministries, first-person experiences. Obviously, a lot of those you can do over the phone, by email, but there's just something about being in someone's home ministry setting, adding in the photos and the videos and communicating that story. We had also talked about wanting to travel more at some point along the way. And often people say, oh, when we retire, we'll do that. Well, the challenge is we never know what tomorrow may bring. And we had this opportunity and began to dream the dream and uh, approached uh, National Women's Missionary Union, Sandy Wisdom Martin, the uh, executive director there, who had been a colleague in Arkansas years before. And we wrote to her and said, we've got this crazy idea. Would you be interested in a national correspondent team to just travel the nation and tell the missions and ministry stories of WMU, particularly with the goal of seeking to impact the next generation? We know that millennials and younger are not that committed to institutions, organizations, but they do care about making a difference, about getting their hands dirty. And we said, if we can combine these mission stories and photos and videos and put them not only on WMU.com, but on their uh, social media pages and then through Baptist Press and state papers and even some, some secular media. So we've been able to do that over the past year. We've been on the road full-time almost exactly a year now. Started, We started with WMU a year ago, August, and started full-time on the road in October. So we've traveled about 30 states over the last year, just met some incredible people, had the opportunity to just tell some fascinating stories, and uh, again, just seeking to the extent possible to try to at least make some level of kingdom difference to just move move the needle a little bit. Now, I know when people think of WMU, Trinus, no offense, you're probably not the image that comes to mind. <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. You know, I'm glad that they still hired you. Yeah, yes, affirmative yes. action or something. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I had the opportunity to speak to the National WMU Board, and that was part of my introduction. I said, obviously, I don't look like the <laughs> typical WMU member, but uh, my mother was... Uh, a huge WMU supporter and leader in our association in Southeast Missouri when, when I was a preschooler. So my perspective has been, I've been an honorary WMU member since I was age five, when mom would so graciously let me go to WMU meetings with her. Just wonderful for a five-year-old boy. Again, over the years, being involved in missions organizations, 
mom just passed away this summer at age 94, just a beautiful saint, ready to go home. And uh, we had the opportunity over this past year or so to visit her a few times, let her see the RV and tell her what we were doing. And she said, you know, WMU has always been special to me. And, uh, and I was able to say to her, I know mom, and you're one of the inspirations for us doing what we're doing. We'll be right back with the rest of this interview. But first, I need to let you know that this episode is also sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a network of people and churches working together to spread the hope of Christ. For more than 25 years, CBF has been driven by its mission to serve Christians and churches as they discover and fulfill their God-given mission. Join the fellowship at work in long-term global missions in more than 25 countries. Join them too as they strive to form healthy congregations and support the ministers that serve them. Put your faith to action. Visit cbf.net to get connected. And now back to our conversation. And obviously, as you're trying to reach the next generation, I mean, the photos and the videos are, are such an important component of that. And so I wonder, Pam, as you're on site and you're you know, trying to plan that, how are, you, how are you thinking about that multimedia and this image-driven you know, culture and society yeah. that we are in today? Yeah. And, and Trentis is such a good writer, but he can't capture the passion these people have and the fervor and the conviction. And so... I get so excited when I'm on the on this side of the camera seeing their passion and I think this is what people need to see to know just what the ministry means to them and and sometimes you know I'm even on this side of the camera tearing up because I just think this story needs to be told people needs to know about this ministry so the ministry can can grow and um, and I and I know, I mean, with our kids, they watch videos. They, you know, they would prefer that over written. And, and so I feel like my, the, the videos that, that I'm shooting hopefully will help make people want to read his story and then make them want to take action. You, you made that comment about, you know, the story needs to be told. And, and you know, there's, there are so many stories every day that are happening, you know, across our country and around the world that... Baptist and other Christians are involved in, but it's about how do we have somebody there to actually tell the story? And that's a big part of what your mission is, is that all this stuff's already happening in the world of WMU, but people haven't been hearing the stories because exactly. someone has to be there to write it. Someone has to be there to take the pictures. And it, it seems like that's what you all are doing is trying to capture what's already been happening. In fact, one of the things I told the WMU leaders as we were discussing this opportunity, I said, we're not coming to try to make WMU relevant. WMU is relevant. We're just seeking to tell the stories so people realize that it's relevant. And so whether it's something like Christian Women's Job Corps, World Crafts, which is uh, fair trade products that help women from impoverished and undereducated backgrounds be able to make a living for themselves, Pure Water, Pure Love, Water Purification Ministries, Baptist Nursing Fellowship, Christian Women's Leadership Center. There's just so many things that even the typical Baptist or Christian in the pew either may not know about or may not know it's part of what WMU's what WMU is doing. And and that's okay, but we want to at least connect them to those ministries. So we've had the opportunity to go from covering little Baptist camps in Maine, in uh, New England, 
to uh, ministry in the Bronx, from rural Georgia to church planting in New Orleans, looking forward to heading west and telling some of those stories. But it's really just a matter of that presence of being able to sit down uh, just just like you're doing with us today to be able to sit together, talk to one another face-to-face, hear those stories, share those stories, and hopefully multiply those ministries. For Southern Baptists, the genius of the cooperative program is that you put that money in the offering plate and it impacts all of these little ministries that you're not necessarily connected to. Right. But then the, the potential problem to that is you don't have that direct connection. And so that's part of where the communication side comes in to say, this is the ministry that you're already supporting. That's already happening. Here's here's the, the fruits, uh, if you will, of what you've been putting uh, in the offering plate at, at church. Sure, sure. Well, we have, as, as we track it, do some analytics, see what the potential impact is. We've seen our coverage show up in uh, more than a dozen state papers across the country. We occasionally follow up with uh, just local secular papers and say, we recently were in, in your area. Here's a ministry story and photos that you can share with your readership. And again, hopefully that multiplies, it It affirms, it lifts up the local ministry. So we're trying to do that at multiple levels, both helping the local ministries and the broader WMU ministries and big picture, the kingdom of God. Yeah. And now you're going to baptize out an adjective, so you're going big right, time right, now. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you spent the last little over a year in a 24-foot Winnebago RV? Correct. So, do you all still like each other? <laughs> uh, most most days, we have picked up on some other podcasts along the way, such as Marriage Enrichment, and and we actually do have kind of a, a routine of sitting down over breakfast together, listening to a podcast, discussing it during the day on marriage, no, on marriage, and, and different things. Yeah, yeah. But we discovered among the things we've discovered on the road, RVing is a full time job all by itself. Logistics. Just, yeah, all the planning and details that go into it. But that for years, you know, we would be in our various positions for eight to 10 hours a day. You come together in the evening. You say, how was your day? We don't have to ask that anymore. We're just sitting there across from each other on our laptops, working on these stories and edits. But just the opportunity to meet the great folks, all of them, each committed to their individual ministry, and then getting to see America, getting that fresh perspective. You know, you hear so much negative news. And we go, and people are just so hospitable and welcoming. And we really have begun building relationships all across the country, Mm -hmm. even if it's just two or three days at a time, but then being able to share their stories. You're kind of already getting there, but I want to ask you this a little bit, a little bit farther on this question. So, you know, this experience, I was curious, what has this taught you about yourselves, about stuff? Because you've had to downsize, you know, just, you know, life and culture in general. It's a unique experience traveling in an RV and living in an RV as opposed to kind of the more traditional. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes I look around, I think, would you people stop gathering more stuff? (laughs) Because... Probably your kids don't want it, and you know eventually, you know you're gonna be in a nursing home or something. It just and we did help our moms move out of their homes and into more retirement type places, assisted living. living. So 
that's another process uh, that that's hard. Yeah. Both both of our daughters and their families live in New York City in uh, small apartments in Queens, and they have become minimalist both by choice and by need. And it it does help remind us of stuff. It's just stuff. We sold our home, sold both our cars, left our longtime ministry positions, and just a fresh start. But, you know, in a, in a small RV, about 200 square foot, a little bit smaller than our previous homes. Uh, and then we're driving our house down the road at 60 miles an hour every day or two. It does remind you of what what is important. And, and what isn't important. And we already had begun to develop a lifestyle of focusing more on experiences like than, at on, Christmas than time on things. Gifts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would, you know, with our with our kids and grandkids, more buying tickets for experiences rather than here's one more thing to stick in the closet. I know you've mentioned a little bit of some of the ministries, some of the things you've seen. Is, is there something, though, that's particularly surprised you thus far this first year? that you didn't expect? Well, I think I think just the sheer logistics. We have kind of a saying among ourselves, Pam picks where we sleep, I pick where we eat. <laughs> and so we're in all these different locations and trying out all this uh, local cuisine, little diners. And again, Americana is, is kind of what we're experiencing. So just getting a fresh perspective about that, I think, has been significant for, for me. I, I do measure the journey by the restaurants sometimes so and enjoy that. Yeah, I think the logistics have been much more than I expected and thought that there would be a lot more downtime. and Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but we also, as we go... We were in Pennsylvania. We were there on Veterans Day. Stopped at Gettysburg for a little while. Mm-hmm. We were in Tampa Bay visiting one of our donors. We went kayaking out on the bay and kayak next to manatees. And this this is just not the typical what we experienced in our eight to five jobs. So having that flexibility, the flexibility has been been awesome. Because then you know we'll work till ten o'clock at night or on Saturday. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, and we're often doing coverage on the weekend because that's when a lot of the ministry obviously is happening. So we've been every in everything from a small international Baptist church with a dozen people there to large traditional services to church plants and replants, and just getting to see. Baptist and God's people up close in an incredible variety of settings has been significant for us. So as you're kind of planning now moving forward, what's kind of where are you headed and and what are you looking forward to? One of the neat things with WMU has been to say, as we're doing this, what are additional things we can do along the way? Obviously, we're doing the human interest stories, the ministry stories, some event-related stories. One of the things WMU has been doing in the past year or so is transitioning their youth missions curriculum from traditional print to more video-driven, again, seeking to impact that next generation. So they invited us to shoot some of the videos for that or the footage for that interviewing ministries and missions so we've done that in florida with the florida baptist children's home in kentucky 
with associational missions in New Orleans with church planting and adoption. And we're getting ready to head to Oklahoma City to do a video shoot with a, uh, a nursing home chaplain out there. So for that, for, yeah, for for, the particularly curriculum. for that, for the curriculum. So from here, we'll be traveling through Missouri, back down to Arkansas, where we were for the past 10 years, then over to Oklahoma City to do this video shoot, and then dropping down to, to Texas, wintering in Texas for a couple of months with the, uh, with the RV, and then just heading out again. Pam, do you have something you're looking forward to or something? Like you all are kind of doing this on like a three-year plan, we, right? We so have a we basically what we call a three-year freelance partnership. Yeah. Uh, so what are you hoping so in the next two years that perhaps, you know, you haven't been able to get done in the past year? Well, one of the things we've done is we collect these stories and then we have a travel day and then we collect a story and have a travel day. And so I'm looking forward just to go ahead and producing what we've already accumulated. Getting caught up. Getting, getting caught up. Getting <laughs> that's, that's part of our, our goal for, for Texas is just to really get caught up. And then heading out west and, and trying to hit other stories that that aren't being told. Right. And and that's been one of the big things for us. You know, as we head west, as we were in the northeast, we know those aren't, you know, the real hot spots of, of traditional Baptist ministry. <laughs> But again, some incredible things going on. And to be able to both share that for information, but also be an encouragement to these ministries. And then again, to hopefully encourage people to come alongside them or dream a similar dream. Yeah, I like the idea that you're here you are in an RV hitting the, you know, the, the off-roads of America. You're also hitting some of the off-roads of traditional Southern Baptist life. Yes, oh, yes, yes, definitely. All right. So I don't know if you're... you're if you are going to be in Orlando next year with the RV and you know, for selfies, you know, for people who want to come and see the <laughs> WVU uh, RV, we 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 actually did that uh, this past summer in Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. WMU celebrated their 131st anniversary, and so they had an event with 131 activities. So one Absolutely. of the activities was an RV open house, meet the national correspondents. Yeah. So we. Had the RV in the WMU parking lot. Folks from across the country came in, did tours. We had some RAs and GAs in there. It's a clean house before. Absolutely. (laughs) It doesn't take as long to clean house. Uh, Well, and some of the children came in and asked a lot of practical questions and you know, about how the RV like worked. when you flush, where does that go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. good kid question, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's a really good question. Let me tell you how that works. <laughs> Things we never thought about before. Yeah. 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 Things we didn't even know about before. So we're, we're learning on the way. Well, thank you, Jonas and Pam, both for joining us on the program and for what you're doing, for the stories that you're sharing and that you're telling, that you're lifting up these stories that, that haven't been seen, some exciting ministry that's happening across our country. It's our privilege. Well, thank you for the opportunity. We enjoyed it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. If you'd like to learn more about Trinis and Pam Henderson and follow their travels, look them up on Facebook as Trin Pam Communications. That's T-R-E-N-P-A-M Communications. As always, you can find us at wardenway.org. And don't forget to check out our sponsoring partners for this week's episode, the Heartland Advocacy in Action at tinyurl.com slash heartlandadvocacy, and the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook, and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review to help more people to find the show. It really will help. 
You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you'd like to give to support this program, we greatly appreciate it. All you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button, and whatever you give there will help the production of this podcast, our website, and our monthly magazine. And speaking of the magazine, if you're not a subscriber, you can do that right there at wordandway.org as well. If you have any comments or feedback, please send them to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. Thanks for listening.